Damn, it's been a while since we uh, recorded, huh? Yeah. Re-recorded. Well, yeah, we did do a few recordings before this, but, um, you know, it wasn't too, it wasn't up to par, you know? We blabbered on with no direction. With no real direction. Yeah. But also, um, it looks like we're now missing someone. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, a certain DJ. A certain DJ. Well, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. Welcome to In Medias Res Talk Podcast. We are your hosts here today. I'm Cass. And I'm Kay. And we are missing yet again our DJ. He's going to be every, every other episode from now on. This is how we're going to be rolling. Yeah, because um, please donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast Because this fool doesn't have a second monitor. We need to get him a second monitor. Because he, he... Okay, so he is... He says, like, he watches with us. But then he's, like, doing something else. And he's like, well, uh, I, I can't watch... I'm wa- not paying attention. I'm not paying attention. I can't watch it because we're watching it on Discord. Um, cause I'm streaming it pretty much to everyone. And he's like, uh, I can't watch it cause, uh, I only have one monitor and I just put it in the background. So that, that doesn't fucking help us. You know, like we're trying to do a podcast <laughs> about fucking, you know, watching movies and TV shows and anime. And he's like, uh, I'm not paying attention. Like, typical, uh, typical, typical Kilroy. Well, Please donate to our Patreon so we can get this fool a second monitor. I think he says he just doesn't have room on his desk, though, because he has, like, all his, like, music equipment. So now we have to get him a new desk and a monitor then. Yeah, get him, like, a new room. A new everything. See, like, that's the- A new everything. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. He has, like, a whole computer room and a music room. You know? He has two rooms? So he has his bedroom, and then they have, like, his music room. Damn. I know, right? Well, I mean, you know, that's the benefits of still being at home. But, so he has, like, his music room, but he's, like, he has all his equipment, and so that's why he's, like, oh, I can't get a second monitor because it doesn't fit on my desk. And I'm, like, bro, just stack it on top of each other. Tape it. I don't know. But, anyways, that's really not important. But that's our fool there. That's. I wish he was here with us. Uh, if, if only. If only. But he he was there with us watching what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about Space Dandy, and um, he was he was there with us physically. He was literally there with us, and he was like, "Oh, I can't. Oh, I didn't pay attention because I was doing other stuff." <laughs> it, he literally sat there. All, like, 26 episodes. And yet, he did not pay attention. And I don't know how, because we were talking about it through the whole fucking movie. And he's like, oh, I don't know what, I don't remember anything that happened. Nice. <sighs> what? I mean, let's not dwell on it anymore. Cause fuck him. <laughs> I'm telling. Go ahead. Fucking tell him. Tell him. All right. But DJ Kilroy is not here with us today, so we're just going to talk about Space Dandy. And this, obviously, spoiler-heavy show. 
that we have here. But I recommend watching it if you haven't seen it yet. And we're mostly just going to talk about like some of our favorite episodes because it's not really as much of a review because Kay and I both agreed that we really, really like the anime. Like we really do. So this is more of just like a recommendation to watch it. And yeah, there are, you should watch it. Yeah, you, now. you really should. You should go watch it now. And it's really just going to be more of a recommendation rather than just a full-on review and everything. There will be spoilers that we do talk about. So This series isn't exactly something that you would really care too much about spoilers since it's another one of those episodic shows where every episode is like their, its own self-contained story. And then, since it's a Watanabe series, the actual plot itself actually starts coming together, like, in the very last two episodes. Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> you're really not... The episodes we'll talk about, I mean, it, it, I guess it'll spoil you f- for you for, like, what those episodes will be about. But, like, half of the beauty of this series isn't just, like, the plot, but also, like, the animation in itself. Yeah, and... I definitely also want to bring up a little bit of, like, obviously, you kind of have to compare it to Cowboy Bebop just because, one, it's also in space, but two, it's Watanabe, you know. And three, it's also it's uh, technically in the same universe since they use the same currency and some other um, references to Cowboy Bebop occur in there. Yeah, definitely. And you kind of have to make a little bit of that comparison. And another thing, too, is just, like, I enjoyed Space Dandy a lot more than Cowboy Bebop. I I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for that, but I just really enjoyed it a lot more. Um, It's mostly just because of just the characters. Obviously, Cowboy Bebop is set in like a noir setting, so it's like more like dark and gritty. And I do love the dark and gritty, but I could see myself rewatching Space Dandy more than I could see myself watching Cowboy Bebop again. I'd say the same as well, since yeah, it's I it's just much more fun and enjoyable, and. Obviously, like, I I like my gritty shows, too. I do go back and rewatch them, like I did with, like, Hannibal, NBC Hannibal, that is. But, I mean, I don't really care to rewatch Cowboy Bebop. But, uh, a little, uh, enough of that kind of thing. But it's more like, so a little bit of the summary is, like, we're talking about Dandy. He is an alien hunter. They pretty much find aliens um, that have not been registered through, like, the alien registry. And they get money from it. And that's pretty much the plot of the story. The the big picture of it, I guess, right? Yeah. Only difference between Dandy and uh, Spike is, uh, I guess Spike is actually successful when it comes to, like, his bounties. No. Dandy's a bum. No, not really. Not even they were, because they just destroyed everything, and then, like, the people just ended up dying. I mean, net worth, I guess, but at the same time, he does get his people. Dandy just doesn't get that at all. Yeah, but, you know, Dandy has a boobies card, so 
we never yeah. see him like really like down in the dumps like they do in Cowboy Bebop where they're like literally starving. He's just like yeah. <laughs> he's like I got my no loyalty meat. points. No meat. No meat. No meat. No bitches. <laughs> well, I guess actually Dandy does get it because he goes to boobies. Uh, yeah, but it's like prostitution. Like he pays for it, you know. Yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah, they they're only nice to him because he's paying to be there. Technically, even though he has his loyalty points, I don't think he really ever pays for anything. Yeah, they never really show him really paying for much. Yeah, except, well, no, actually, you know what? You're right. I've never seen them pay anything ever. But yeah, they even in the ramen episode, like where they were sampling everything, they just kind of like. Had like a lucky coincidence to the point so that they had they didn't have to pay. Yeah, yeah, but that's because of a whole otherworldly thing. That's why. <laughs> that's that's pretty much why they didn't pay for Basically, it. Basically, Dandy has a phenomenon going around him so that he doesn't have to pay. Yeah, well, that's another thing too. So the side plot, and it really is a side plot, is we find out Dandy is made out of this like matter material whatever the fuck it is like he's not human he is made out of this matter called pionium which is essentially like almost like god energy he's like a god and he doesn't know it like a yeah. like a how do he suzumiya type situation but he's dumb he has the cartoon logic working for him yeah, pretty much. Everything just happens coincidentally for him. Yeah. He could die and he'd be fine in the next episode. That happens quite often in this whole series. Mm -hmm. But essentially the energy is like he can... He affects time and like reality and like multidimensional stuff. So it's a lot of that. And he doesn't know that he can do that. I think there are some instances of himself in a different multi-universe where he understands because you kind of see it in one of the episodes where... Um, He's in several episodes, actually. Yeah, in a few episodes because he'll mention being like, oh, I think I remember being a truck driver for some reason. And there is an episode of like different uh, dandies. Yeah. But there are episodes where there was the 4D woman that he used to be in a relationship with. Yeah, I believe he said that they were in a relationship for 10 years. And that also piles onto the mystery of Dandy as, uh, we don't know how old he actually is. He could be as old as time itself. But that also makes it more creepy when he goes to the high school. Nah. Nah. Mm, a little. He's not a mortal being. Yeah, but the, the, the kids are not. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Alright, well, I'll just assume they're all 18, because they're all graduating, so. Yeah. But, yeah, so, he is, he is around that cartoon logic, and things just happen around him. There are people after him, and, you know, shenanigans happen. Shenanigans ensue. He is accompanied by QT. Um, his little robot vacuum, who's pretty much the straight man of the group, you know? And uh, Meow, 
however you pronounce his actual name, but he is a Beetlejuicean, I think, or something like that. Yep. That type of alien, but he looks like a cat, so that's why they call him Meow. Yeah. And he's also very much a pervert, just like Dandy himself. So yeah, because the first episode of him was just t- him taking creep shots. Yeah, it's disgusting, but you know, you if you get over that portion, you really f- you get a beautiful story in each episode because it is episodic. There are some really um, good episodes. Um, I ha- we're going to talk about our personal favorites because it's just really like. It's almost like a art portfolio, a showcase of like all these different directors and different animators. Yeah. For each episode. Each episode has a different director, except for a few that will have the same director. Like Yeah, like a few will have like the overall director who is Watanabe himself. Mm-hmm. But then there's like uh Ichiro Okuchi, right? Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, he did like the Lost Alien Girl one, and um, no, 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 it was that was pretty much his only episode. That was his. It's only It's a very episode. mellow. It's a very mellow and heartwarming episode, which is like kind of off-putting when you consider like his previous work was uh, making Code Geass and uh, having it helped out with doing Guilty Ground and uh, Valve Rave, and if you know those series. You'd be aware of, like, the kind of shows those are and that they're, like, absolute batshit insane. Mm-hmm. So it's just really off-putting, like, when you actually get... When you find out that the director of this mellow, heartwarming story came from this person that likes to make batshit insane scripts. Yeah, and who I was thinking of was Satoshi Saga. That's who did, like, multiple episodes. He did mm-hmm. the episode with the fourth-dimensional woman that we were talking about earlier, and then he did another episode um with the chameleonier chameleonian alien yeah yeah um he did that episode too so there are some instances where it's the same uh director again but you know overall it's just really all these directors just showcasing like their art and everything and uh, a little bit more of a deep dive into some of the episodes. I guess we're going to go ahead and just talk about our favorite episodes. Yeah. Because since you mentioned that uh, episode five of the Lost Alien Girl. Yeah. And mm. the Code Geass part. That's. <laughs> yeah. He likes balls to the wall shit. But then he makes like a really just. Kind of tropey episode. Just to. Yeah. Just to show that Dandy really has a heart of gold. You know. Yeah. It's just so off-putting. It's like kind of how it happened in Cowboy Bebop where Spike says like he hates women and children, but then ends mm-hmm. up uh, having a woman but on then, board uh, and a child but on board. But then starts, like, yeah, keeps having the, uh, has a woman and child on board. Yeah. And so, and you see him warm up to them more and things like that. So it, it's kind of like that, but it just in one episode that it happens. But you also see that in one of my other favorite episodes. It is... That's going to be the one where they have, like, the big fish 
That one. Oh, that one. Yeah, like that's another one. I think one. it was supposed to be the unagi that they had. They're calling it something. Like, something to that name. An unagi. It was something like that. It was. It's episode eighteen. The big fish is huge, baby. It's uh, a. Yeah. They call it munagi. Oh, okay, munagi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a rare alien fish, and they're trying to catch it, and he befriends a little girl um, during that time, too. So you still kind of see that trope a little bit, and they get along really well. Dan- Dandy says he hates kids, but he gets along he's with a them. Kid so- he's a kid at heart, anyway. Yeah, he is a <laughs> kid a at heart. There's a reason to why he gets along with them. Yeah, and it's cute to see that portion of him. That's possible. That's also why I like that episode five. I'm a, I'm just a huge fan of those types of episodes. Mm-hmm. And that one's a favorite episode of mine too. Um, but it's kind of like more down the list. I'm really just going to talk about three of them. But that one was directed by Kiyotaka Oshiyama, and they also did the storyboarding and um, the animation. He they were like the main animation director for that as well. Mm-hmm. So that one was pretty good. I actually, it looks like he had did all of it, wrote it, directed it, yeah, animation director, storyboarded it too. So damn, yeah, he was like, "I'm gonna do all this fucking shit, and you're gonna see my work." And I did really like that episode, and the animation style was beautiful. And mm-hmm. that's what's so cool about the show too, is like you can really see everyone's style. Yeah, that's for sure. It's so interesting just to see all those different animation styles, but yet it's still dandy. You will, you definitely see that more in like the episodes where it's influenced by Masaki Yuasa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, despite everything, it's a, still dandy. Yeah, he has a very distinct um, art direction. That's very hard to mistake for anyone else. Very much, unless so. it's like a unless it's like a student from him. Then they're already influenced by by him. But aside from that, he's very distinct. Speaking of which, he actually did one of my favorite episodes. Uh, it was episode sixteen, and this is another one with the fish. But this one is about an actual literal alien fish um, that is on a separate planet. It's a really weird episode because, like, I think it's Meow or Dandy. They find, like, this gun um, that can teleport each other to, like, that planet that that fish is on. Yeah. And it's just really weird because, one, it, like, teleports Dandy's head. And then they finally teleport the rest of his body there. And they're... Trying to travel back to that fish's original planet, and it just everyone ends up dying pretty much. It's a really weird episode. I really liked it though, just because of the animation style. The colors were gorgeous, and it's very much uh, Yuasa's art. I think it was funny just because. The fish that they were trying to help out with, because he was trying to tell, because uh, he was going back to his home planet, telling them that their world is going to end. Because I think it was something like they were approaching a star. Yes, they were approaching a star. But like near the end of it, he just went like, ah, fuck it, because his girlfriend or fiance or whatever was going out with some other fish, 
And I just like the fact that the other fish just had Frieza's Seiyu. Well, they also had a Seiyu that I recognized too, the main fish guy that was stuck on that planet. So he was stuck on that planet for like a hundred years. And so that's yeah. why his girlfriend was like, oh, I've moved on from you. Yeah. And that time did not happen where he was. That all transpired like out there to his original home planet. Yeah. And that Seiyu is the same Seiyu that voiced... <laughs> Because I used to be a, be a fucking Italian nerd, and so he voiced oh. it, he voiced Italy, but I can't remember his name right now because I don't want to think of my shame. Daisuke Namikawa. Yeah, it's Daisuke Namikawa. Very distinct voice. He has a very distinct shonen main character voice. Yeah, he does. But he, you hear that like uh, if you watched um, Phase Zero when he plays as Waver. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You hear it a lot. He doesn't Daisuke Namikawa also voice Sasuke? No. I swear it was him. He voiced um pers- the f- Persona Four main character. Oh wow! All right, fucking Persona nerd. Yeah, I mean he does a lo- he does have a lot. I think his most distinct role for me, like that wasn't like the Shonen main character voice. Was when he was Squealer in uh, Shinseki Yori. That one's also a good series uh, I would recommend watching, but that's for another time. Hmm. Maybe one day we'll sit down and watch it. Yeah. A lot. Anyway. A lot of our. I feel like a lot of our podcast episodes are just going to be anime right now, because I mean that. I feel like that's the most palatable of what's happening right now, because. Ugh, all the movies... There's just a lot... There's a lot of possibilities to watch. Yeah, but a lot of the movies that are coming out aren't really... Not... not, Nothing interests me of, like, movies right now. And TV shows, there are a few. But I'm not really wanting to watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we... Most of the things I've watched when it comes to, like, TV or movie nowadays is, like, Marvel stuff. Which, I mean, they're fun and all. I just consider them, like, the junk food when it comes to, like, film. They're fun to watch, but they're not exactly healthy for you. Yeah, they're definitely the popcorn movies for sure. Because, like, you know you're gonna... You know you're still gonna enjoy it regardless. Yeah. You know what's going to happen, essentially, too. Yeah, pretty much. But Yuasa... I really liked his stuff. I mean, he did Devilman Crybaby, the new one, that is. He did Keep Your Hands Off, Eizouken, and obviously episodes of Kaiba, because that also coincides with Aeyong Choi. Aeyong Choi, she was the one that directed one of my favorite episodes. It was episode 9 of, like, the Plants episode. And so that one was really good, because I really like the animation style. You can really see them influencing each other because they co-founded um, an animation studio together which is Science Saru and so they they definitely influence each other a lot and uh, she's also directed certain episodes of Kaiba she actually has worked on uh, Ping Pong which Kilroy was telling me I kept mentioning while we were watching, like, that episode and also the episode with Yuasa 
I was like, man, this reminds me of Tekonkin Greet. Like, it's this really weird, obscure movie that that uh, is influenced a lot by French art. And was also directed, I believe, by a Frenchman as well, the movie itself. Mm. And so I was like, man, like, this reminds me of that. Well, it turns out Ping Pong, uh, the animation for that, was actually by the same creator of Tekonkin Creed. They were the same mangaka. Yep. So I was like, ah, I knew it all along in my in my bones, in my heart. Yeah, I say like when it comes to like the biggest weaves in the world, the French are probably the biggest weaves. There's a lot of collaborations when it comes to like Jap- Japanese and French animation. Mm-hmm. Well, you when you look get down to into it. Well, you see it a lot now, like with because it was a French animation studio that did Arcane, and you can really see the anime style, like the way that they're drawn. Yeah, there was also um a uh, Pop Team Epic where they had like specific French portions when it comes with the CGI too, and they had like some French guy who, like. Going up, talk, giving like a whole talk about what the coming up short too. So there's a lot when it comes to like Japanese and French collaboration within animation. Well, the French are, they love the idea of France and Paris. I heard that there was actually a phenomena where uh, Japanese tourists will go to France and be extremely disappointed. (laughs) because the french people are so rude (laughs) and so because they have like this they envision romanticized look yeah they have this romanticized look of france and they're like oh the the french Uh, i'm gonna eat a croissant and uh, croissant and i'm gonna have baguette i'm a baguette and escargot you know like they're like oh i'm gonna have enjoy this time well they pee in the fucking streets so um Nice. Yeah, they were like, oh, this is horrible. And they come back, like, super upset and dejected. And, like, it's so sad. It's (laughs) it's a real phenomena that has, like, it's been ongoing forever. That's actually kind of funny. (laughs) It's so sad. Like, can you imagine, like, because I I only ever heard of like good things of going to Japan and the food and everything. But can you imagine like that happens to us and like we go to Japan and then we're like, oh fuck, this sucks. This sucks. Like you dream about it all your life and you finally go to that place and you're like, wow, this this is fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that will also depend on where you go to. That's true, but I mean. Paris is probably Paris is a very big city. Yeah, and with the big city, you you tend to have like a lot of troubles. Yeah, Tokyo will probably be the same too, but I think like the cultural differences might make be the different factor that uh, change your perspe- perception. Considering Japanese people are more, uh, what's the word? They're a lot less. I want to say shy, but they reserved. tend to keep to themselves. Yeah, yeah reserved, reserved. Reserve. Yeah. They're more reserved. And they also have uh, higher expectations for themselves in regards to their quality of like food and everything. Yeah, except they can't handle spicy food. <sighs> Pussies. Yeah, exactly. I love spicy food. I could just... Yeah. But they love curry, though. 
Yeah, their curry is actually not spicy. I know, I do like their curry, but I, I always wish it was spicy. So, as I said before, my favorite episode was episode 5 with the uh, lost alien girl. Uh, another thing that I remember that they the person also did, um, his name, Ichiro Okuchi. Aside from, like, all those train wreck episodes, not episodes, series, he did also did, like, a very, I wouldn't say mellow, but I'd say it was a pretty well thought out series. It was called Planetes. So, it's like, this guy has, like, such a very strange range when it comes to, like, the shows he does. But he has the range, either, darling. It, it, it can either be, like, some well-thought-out series when it comes to, like, the space, uh, geopolitics. Because that's essentially what Planetus is. It's a story about a um, two characters that work for a uh, space recycling industry. Because there's too much gar- garbage up in space. And with space traveling being the norm, they had to get rid of it. Otherwise, it endangers the people that do the space traveling. But part of the whole story is that there's like an undergoing plot in the, the fact that all the richer nations are essentially keeping space to themselves. So like all the other poorer nations have no claims to it. Even though like there was a case of like a poorer nation developing a more efficient and better uh, spacesuit, but his proposal was shot down because he wasn't from, like, a richer nation. And it's like, this person can actually make some more, a more down-to-earth, realistic kind of series when it comes to, like, a phenomena that will probably happen in the near future for us. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the stuff has always just been political. I mean, Code Geass, yeah. Yeah, but, like, his his is more of just, like, batshit and saying, like, things are happening every second, every episode. And, like, he just does, like, this one where it's kind of, like, a slow build-up to, like, a peaking point. Like, a proper story instead of, like, having a climax after climax each episode. True, true. I mean, but Code Geass was also kind of a little balls-to-the-wall type shit. I remember the whole hype with that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the point of making. It's like, he keeps, he's had works in like these balls to the walls types of shows. But then, like, we see him do like very mellow, properly paced shows. Like, especially with the episode five with that one shot story and then Planet Test. It's just so weird and off putting at the same time. Cause I, I just don't expect that from him. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, I mean, episode five had really good pacing. Like, it felt like a longer episode, even though obviously it was like the standard, like, 24 minutes that it's supposed to be. Yeah. But the pacing was really nice because, like, you really do feel that tension when, uh, you know, the little girl gets taken away by... Uh, and Dan- some kidnappers. Yeah, from some kidnappers, and Dandy's trying to chase after her, but her special power is, like, being able to switch uh, bodies Uh switch people's bodies around pretty much like their soul essentially and so mm-hmm. he was stuck in like the penguin body and so he's just trying to chase after her in the penguin body and you know you feel that tension and the suspension but you know overall it's a very solid episode i did like it a lot yeah it may be a tropey and i mean and that's one of the things tropes aren't bad essentially 
execution is what really matters. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Because when you because when you break down a lot of stories, they all follow the same template, but the real difference comes down to like the direction and execution of the story. Very, very, very true. So another episode that I did enjoy was uh, the zombie episode and the rock and roll episode. The zombie episode probably came out on top, though, I had to say. Just because of, like, this one little joke that they had. And uh, essentially in that episode, Dandy and the crew caught an alien that they thought was a completely new alien, but he was actually just infected by a zombie, which is why he was discolored. He bit them, and... Like, at first they were despairing because, oh no, we're zombies now. We can't enjoy, like, our everyday lives. But then, like, that zombie told them, like, you should change your perspective. So, like, they, he told them, he advised them to, like, eat some yogurt. And then they came on to, like, this, I guess, this newfound look that, no, we're not decaying. We're fermenting. And then, like, after that, they started accepting, like, you know, being a zombie's not too bad. <sighs> and then came the whole subplot of an insurance fraud. <laughs> oh, yeah, the subplot of insurance fraud. That one was really yeah. good. And then they, they one, had Hitman. That was just silly. <laughs> they had Hitman for that. And yeah. and then that Hitman turned into a zombie. Eventually, in eventually somehow the whole universe that they lived in turned into they were all turned into zombies it was such a silly episode very good episode i liked it he also did rock and roll and another personal favorite of mine was that fake date with scarlet yeah oh i don't think we mentioned who the direct the script writer for that one but that was uh, kimiko ueno yeah kimiko ueno she actually did uh three episodes yeah which is really nice. All three of her episodes, I'd say, were really good. The rock and roll one was really funny, but you can really see her range just because, you know, it goes from, like, that zombie one to the fast-paced rock and roll one and how stupid that was, and then the date with Scarlet, a, a yeah. romance, a rom-com. Yeah, she <laughs> she has a role, she has a range of being able to do, like, some comedy one-shots, and then to do a simple one-shot rom-com. I did like that Scarlet episode. Um, it, I wouldn't rank it too high on my list of like favorite episodes, but that one was still one of my favorites just because I am a sucker for rom-coms. But uh, actually, going kind of back to what we were talking about for that ramen episode, that one was also a favorite of mine. Sayo Yamamoto. Now, this person, people have probably heard about this director because they directed Yuri on Ice. <laughs> and a lot of people were really upset that Sayo wasn't coming back for Shame. Mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah, they weren't coming back for the movie. Mm. But it, I thought it was really funny because they did the ramen episode. And as we know, like, it was it was really fun. I, yeah. I liked it a lot, and you know, we actually get to see Scarlet like fight, kick ass. That's more of like our introduction to her. So I really like Scarlet as a character. I thought she was really interesting, and I love that she's just the sad single woman. Me, 
Well, I would say me too, but I I have a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, you have Patchy. <laughs> yeah, but I I really like her character, so I'm really glad. Like it, the episode just went really nice. But Sayo Yamamoto, they were a series director for actually Michiko and Hachin, which I watched it. Mm-hmm, which was uh, I hear it's a really good show. I haven't watched uh, it. I'm kind of indifferent. I'm not too much of a fan of it, to be honest. It's um, it's one of those shows that they have like the most infuriating people possible, but which also makes it really hard to watch. Is my pro- my issue? Yeah, I think a lot of people really liked it just because of like the representation of seeing uh, black people actually drawn not racist in anime yeah I, th- I think it was uh because it was a uh, set in brazil yeah or the uh, it was like a more brazilian setting mm-hmm. i think that's but yeah my issue with that uh show is more like they make the most infuriating people possible and you have to deal with them and it's just like i hate watching this <laughs> they did uh because it makes you want to like slap the character's face so much essentially mm-hmm they did storyboarding for Panty and Stocking and Eureka 7. Actually, I don't I don't think they actually directed Yuri on Ice. Maybe I'm wrong. I think they just did storyboarding. Hmm. But they did work on Samurai Champloo, so that's where I'm assuming that they met Watanabe. Probably. A lot of them typically have some kind of connection with Watanabe. Is pretty much the, down, the whole thing that it comes down to. Yeah, like worked alongside like another one of his projects or something, I'm sure. Yeah. But that one I liked a lot. It I mean, it's a very simple episode. It wasn't really anything like super duper to write home about, but I still enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. But I think that's that's pretty much it for my list just because I really I could honestly talk about each episode, like, all day. But we don't have all day. Yeah, we don't have all day. And they're all really good. I really enjoyed a lot of them. And I highly recommend watching Space Dandy. Just just even for the animation, that's perfectly fine. But the characters are really, like, funny and compelling. Like, they're really interesting. I like Dandy just because he's that type of himbo, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I guess not really himbo because he's not really like muscular or anything. He's He doesn't really get results very often either. Yeah. He's dumb and you know, we like a dumb man. Yeah. Um you know what? I'm not very fond of Meow. I think he's my least favorite character. I'd say so too. Cutie probably comes second. I'm fine with QT because QT had that one episode and uh the rom-com episode with the coffee machine yeah with the coffee machine but then turns out that she was uh falling in love with the other guy the cash register yeah and she's like the cash register oh no he's going off to try to kill all humans yeah so that was uh fun and qt went to go stop them and yeah. I'm like, you. they almost committed 
genocide. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he can fix her. I can fix her. <laughs> I can fix her. Every time. But overall, show's really good. There is some plot. We do see it in the last couple episodes, like you mentioned before, because that's just Watanabe. Yeah. But that was really fun. Just the dog fights and finally, I guess, kind of seeing the conclusion and Dandy still just being like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, he was offered a chance to become a god and he's like, nah. And that was pretty much it. He's like, no way. And the whole universe uh, resets itself. Mm, Yeah. So it just starts all over again. Honorable mention of an episode for me will probably be the first episode just because it had like a bunch of monster designs. And I'm a sucker when it comes to like unique monster designs. Honestly, I, I came into watching Space Dandy knowing nothing about it. I had watched just kind of random episodes when it was on Toonami the mm. the first go around and I I knew nothing about it pretty much just like the same thing with Cowboy Bebop and you know we watched like the first eight episodes and you kept telling me that oh it's just you know it's really weird animation later on like it's gonna get really like interesting and I'm like okay where is it and then we get to episode nine, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So it really just, like, if you know nothing about it, it just really catches you off guard with that. But, like, it's a pleasant off guard, like, almost like a surprise party. I I just really liked that about it. It was just really good. I can't recommend this show enough. Just watch it. Damn it. You should watch this show now. You should watch it now. But I think that's pretty much it for our essential review recommendation episode. It it was going to be a short episode anyways, just because. It's one one series. It's one series. It's one essentially like two seasons technically, you know. Just only 26 episodes. Yeah, 26 episodes. So. Uh, I just recommend it, and like I said, I do prefer this one over Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop has its place, you know? It's a classic for Western audiences. It introduced anime a lot to Western audience. So, obviously, we would never have had really Space Dandy without Cowboy Bebop. And Space Dandy really was marketed towards Western audiences, too. Yep. Because that's what was really interesting, like, while it was being uh, put on air, was it was actually put on air before uh, Japan got it. Especially, like, the second season. The second season was airing, like, a few days before the Japanese ones aired. Which, I I feel so bad for those voice actors. Which ones? The English or the... Japanese ones. The English. Wait, why do I feel bad about them? Well, because usually, like, they... Animation schedules tend to be, like... They only finish, like, a couple weeks beforehand on certain episodes, yeah. even. So, for they have to translate it, and then also... 
voice it really quickly, and then the episode's out. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, damn, that sucks. But, I mean, that's what animation's become now, like, nowadays. Well, I'm, sh- I'm sure they probably have, like, the script ready so they'd be able to localize it prior to, like, the animation actually being finished. Well, no, because they have to match up their mouth movements. Yeah, so they can have the storyboards. They do that, too, as well. Oh, no, no. They don't do that. Not with story... Uh... No, 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 not with storyboarding. I mean, yeah, the storyboards help, but, like, they actually try to match up, like, their lips moving in the animation. Mm. They do. I mean... I mean, it really depends on the production, too. Yeah, I saw it... I saw, like, a little uh, behind-the-scenes thing of, like, Naruto when they did that. The localizing? Yeah. Of of how they did it, because they're trying to match up, like, the lips as they're, like, talking. Mm -hmm. So, and they do that a lot now, just so that way, like, it doesn't feel so weird. And obviously, like, not like the old, like, Chinese dubs back in the day, or... You know, like the English <laughs> dubs over fucking kung fu. Yeah. So that that's pretty much what I mean. So they really try to do that, but that's why sometimes it just feels kind of like weird. Yeah. When you watch dubs, because you're like, oh, the wired. Why are they talking like that? Yeah. Honestly, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of like anime dubs. I'm fine with like a Japanese game getting like an English dub when it's not like having their mouths move. Cause like the having that, it's always like the trying to time the mouth. It always just seems off putting for me. And it, it's like it's like a pet peeve for me, honestly. Yeah, and it's like it's already so difficult enough to try to match up the like. English words and make it make sense and match up with the lips too. Like yeah. that's really hard. So they're that just watch like just watch it with subs. Yeah, that's pretty much my takeaway. It's just like I just watch it with subs just because that pet peeve will not be there when I watch it with subs. Yeah, just watch it again if you want to see the animation, you know? Just like, alright, I I know what's happening. Then you'll watch the episode again and you're like, oh, this is pretty. Hmm. But anyways, I think that's pretty much we're wrapping it up here. It was, it's good. That's what we say. I, I give it a good, solid 9 out of 10. Uh, I'll probably just give it, I'd probably give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like an 8 or 9. Yeah, it's an 8, eight 9. Especially if you're looking at animation, like I really think it's like a good yeah, solid nine. Yeah, if if we're looking at just purely animation and art, that's a ten out of ten. For yeah, because story wise, there's not really story. So yeah, but I definitely recommend it. So we're wrapping it up here. So please follow us at our Twitter at in medias res talk. We're right there. We're at Twitter. I haven't tweeted very often because we've been busy with our everyday work. Um, we also have a Patreon. Please donate to our Patreon. Donate for Kilroy. Please donate for Kilroy. And uh, I just got a puppy too recently, so please donate to my puppy. 
Her name is Indiana. And she'll pics of her. I'll, I will post pictures of her on our Twitter page, just so you can see her. And I'll also post it on our Patreon. I'll post even some good puppy videos of her fighting my other dog. Good. Yeah. Oh, she's so tiny compared to him. But our Patreon is at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's right. You heard it here, folks. Patreon.com slash Podcast. And then... I think they got the point. I hope so. Then we also have our email. If you want to email us, like, any suggestions for us to watch or talk about, we have inmediusrestalk at gmail.com. So... Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about, or if I got some things wrong here, or if Kay got some things wrong here. I never got things wrong. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. Uh, If we got anything wrong, or you want to give us some more tidbits too, that's interesting. You can email us there at inmediusrestalk at gmail.com. You got anything to end on today, Kay? No. Alrighty, stay safe out there, folks.